Hey, New Life students, hope you guys are having an awesome day. Um, as Pastor Chase said, uh, we're going to be in John chapter 6. So if you could grab your Bibles, if you don't have them already, go ahead and open to John chapter 6. Um, I've been loving us walking through this series. We're on week four of Jesus is I Am. We've been walking through the Gospel of John. Uh, and I hope that as we've been reading through this, as you've been reading through this or listening um, to, to some of these discussions, uh, man, that you've been engaging with God's Word at a new level this summer. I hope that you've had the opportunity to be meeting with your small groups and be talking um, about some of these texts. So uh, John chapter 6, today I'm going to talk with you about the first I am statement uh, that John gives us in this letter. And it comes in John 6, 35, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Those who come to me will not hunger. Those who come to me will not thirst. And this is such a profound statement from John, especially following what just took place at the beginning of the chapter. But before we go there, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you that your presence is here with us. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who pursues, and we know that because of the person of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, as we look and engage in your living word today, I pray that you would satisfy our souls. I pray that you would meet us in our thoughts. I pray that you would transform us into the image of Christ. So, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you teach us? Would you show us yourself this morning in your precious and holy name? Amen. I am the bread of life. Those who come to me will not hunger, will not thirst. What Jesus is getting after here is something that isn't all that profound. He's basically saying that all humans hunger and thirst. We all hunger and thirst for something. Uh, almost a year ago now, I had the, the opportunity to do a Spartan race with my wife and some friends. Uh, we we, we kind of looked ahead into the summer and, and took an opportunity to kind of do this, this crazy idea where you run like three to five miles, and in those three to five miles, there's something like 20 to 25 obstacles uh, that you take and you do. And if you can't accomplish an obstacle, you, you, you had the punishment of having to do 30 burpees. Um, and so two months leading up to this race, we trained. We trained. We'd go out to a field and we'd run two laps and then we'd do ten burpees and run sprints and push-ups and sit-ups and then run two more laps and then we'd, we'd go across monkey bars, come back, do thirty burpees and do two more laps and we'd train and we'd train and we'd train. And then about a week leading up to the race, we tried to eat as healthy as possible and drink as much water as possible. Uh, and so as we, as we kind of went into this race, eating a, a cheeseburger, drinking a milkshake, french fries, any of that was off the table. Every meal looked like oatmeal, it looked like salads, and it just looked like drinking tons of water. Um, and though this got us really ready for the race, what it was generating was a great desire for like a Red Robin cheeseburger with some steak fries following this race. Um, so when we finished this race, and it was one of the best feelings ever, we crossed the finish line, everybody was so excited that, that you know, we had this obstacle in front of us and we finished it that it was time to splurge and eat what we wanted to eat. So straight from the race, we ran to Red Robin as a big group. And to our dismay, we ate a bunch of burgers, fries, and we just splurged. It tastes so good. And the thing here is that, that when, we have, when we have circumstances of pain or suffering, it usually generates an appetite for us. Now the question is, and the question that Jesus is getting after here is, what are you going to utilize 
to satisfy that appetite. Now, the world and humanity hungers for a lot of things. Many of us in the midst of quarantine or, or staying at home have hungered for social interaction. All my extroverts have been crying out just to see people. Um, some of us crave adrenaline and adventure. We want to get out, we want to hike the mountains, we want to we wanna snowboard, we want to mountain bike, we want to do something fun. Others of us crave success or we, we crave reputation and so we go looking for it. We start trying to, to change our appearance and who we are to please those around us or, or to climb the corporate ladder or to do well in school. But oftentimes we start looking into all of these great things. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But what Jesus is getting after here is when we start looking at these things like they are our bread, is the second these things stop being a gift and they start being a curse. Now leading into this moment of Jesus making this statement, we have this profound moment in scripture. We have Jesus walking and he's with a crowd of 5,000 men at least. We have no, no reference to how many women or children are there. And Passover's upon them, and the crowds are hungry, and the disciples are like, Jesus, what are we going to do? And he said, hey, you know what, go ahead and have them sit down and, and get in different groups. And a boy came, and he's got five loaves of bread and two fish, and Jesus takes this, this small amount of food, and he blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it to the masses. And he feeds everybody, and everybody ate, the scripture says, until they were satisfied. And so seeing and perceiving that the crowds were going nuts, that surely this man, Jesus, must be the prophet, must be the one sent from heaven, they, sit, they, 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 they move in to try to take him and make him their king, and so Jesus kind of escapes. And, and we see as we move through John chapter 6 that his disciples hop in a boat, they start uh, crossing the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus goes and walks on the water to him. And, and that's a story in and of itself. But the next day, the crowds wake up and they're looking for Jesus. They're saying, where is the man who, who, who took care of us and who fed us? And they, they see that he's no longer in Capernaum, so they leave and they go across the sea and they go and they find him and they, they hustle to him and they say, Lord, where, where have you been? And this is where we're going to pick up in John 6, 25. It says, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them saying, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, because you, but because you ate your fill of the loaves, do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him God the Father has set his seal. And so the crowd responds, and they say to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, and he said, this is the work of God, that you might believe in him who he sent. So we have this moment where they finally find him and they're searching for him because he took care of them the day prior. And Jesus calls out their hearts where it's at. He says, look, you're not, you're not searching for me because you were looking for a sign. You're looking for me because you ate and your bellies were full. And Jesus looks at him and he says, look, don't, don't pursue food that perishes. No, no, no. Go after food that leads to eternal life. This is the work that you need to do. And, and everybody's expecting here, okay, maybe love thy neighbor as thyself or maybe take care of the poor. What do we need to be do to, to do the works of God? And his response is so simple. Believe in the one in whom he sent. And so the people respond here, going skipping to verse 31. They say, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
But Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God comes, er, who, who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world, they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. So we see the people now referring back to the Old Testament, and they're saying, Jesus, don't you remember in the wilderness, after, after our nation was delivered out of Egypt, manna was provided from heaven? And Jesus looks at them and he says, yes, I know, but I want to remind you that it was not Moses who provided that bread. It was the Heavenly Father. And then he says something profound. Instead of saying it was the Father who provided that bread, he said, no, it's the Father who is providing, who gives that bread right here right now. And what Jesus is getting at here is God, yes, was the God who provided in the wilderness. But brothers and sisters, you need to see now that God is providing for you right now. And then we hit John 6, 35, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The bread that I'm talking about, the one that the Father has provided for you here and now, is me, is me. Now this is really, really profound, brothers and sisters, because what Jesus is saying right here is that his life, death, and resurrection for us is enough, it's sufficient, and it satisfies alone our souls. It's enough, it's sufficient, and it satisfies alone our souls. He's saying, look, I am the bread of life. What you are needing to, to fill the void that is in your souls is me. It's nothing else. Now what John is getting at right here is something so profound that I think all believers need to hear almost as a warning that more often than not we become so fascinated and so captivated with God's gifts rather than God himself. Theologian and scholar Andreas uh, Kostenberger, he says this, he says that the essence of the gospel is not so much that Jesus gives certain gifts, but that he himself is the gift. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, what he is saying is that I am the solution to the human problem. I am the solution to the human dilemma. So as opposed to us taking the, this position of, of searching and going, God, how can we work for you here and now? What are we doing to, to, to establish ourselves in a closer, closer proximity to you and a better relationship with you? What, the, the question that Jesus is saying we should be asking is do we see Jesus as bread? Or more importantly, as the bread? With everything that's going on in our lives right now, as, as we're watching maybe our, our nation uh, kind of deconstruct itself, as we're watching fear and turmoil surround us, as we're watching the world kind of uh, respond to this global pandemic, the question at everybody's hand is how are we going to respond? What are we going to do to take care of ourselves? And so you're going to hear lots of different advice. Hey, get in community. Hey, go find people. Hey, hey, really work on the disciplines right now. Wake up early. Read the word. Uh, 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 go ahead and worship. Go ahead and pray. But the question we have to ask ourselves, brothers and sisters, is right now, in a season that's generating an appetite in us, in a season that's revealing hunger and thirst in us, do we see Jesus as the bread? Do we see him as the one who's going to satisfy our souls? Do we see him as enough? 
not social media, not friends and family, not success, not being able to, to find a way to entertain yourself in all of this idle time right now. Does Jesus look like the bread? And if he doesn't, the invitation of John this morning and of the gospel is to see Jesus as better today. So as we, as we move on from here and as we enter into another week, brothers and sisters, my prayer for you is that you would see Jesus as the bread of life. As you look at all your aches and pains, maybe in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, in your body right now, you would look to Jesus to fill that void. He's the one who has come and who is providing all that we need right now. So brothers and sisters, if you could open your hands, look me in the eyes. May you know that God loves you and he is for you. May you know that he is the bread of life. When you go to him, you will not hunger. You will not thirst. I pray that you would have eyes to see him, ears to hear him, minds to understand him, and hearts to believe him as you embrace him as your supreme treasure. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you.